0: to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen.
1: Hi, I'm Matt Tidwell.
0: And Matt, it's good to see your beaming face today. I haven't seen it for over a month for sure. It's been at least six weeks, right?
1: Good to see you as well, my friend. It's good to see anybody in this environment we're in, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Zoom or otherwise, and we're using for for folks that they're not going to be able to see our faces unless they go to the website and see our bio headshots. But Matt and I are using Squadcast, which allows us to, almost like a Zoom call, at least see each other and interact with, with each other while we're doing the call, but doesn't actually record the video. So but good to see your face. Uh, I am very casual today. I've got flip-flops on and a T-shirt. And Matt looks like he has just finished up an IABC international board meeting. He's looking very polished and dapper tonight.
1: You don't know how correct you are, uh, but as we're all saying in this environment, let's keep things from the waist up because uh – under under the table, uh, it's uh, it's a little more, a little more casual. I'll put it that you're,
0: way. <laughs> you're running the the mullet. I've heard that called the. You've heard my metaphor of the mullet, right, during my presentation? Yeah, party in the yeah. You know, yeah, party in the front or party yeah. It's a business in the front, party in the back. And and I'm hearing there's the mullet attire, so it's business up top, <laughs> party below the party below the waist on the uh, whether it's shorts. Although today. We didn't have this outlined in the show script. You and I are just going off the cuff is today was international work in your pajamas day, something to that effect. So,
1: wow, I fit right in. The other nice thing is, you know, if you have your home offices, a lot of us do in our basement and mine happens to be a walkout, I can leave my golf clubs, which which listeners won't be able to see, but you can see to the side. And so it, it behooves me to be able to, to wear a tire. I can just walk out and, and hit a few golf balls. So. Get some chipping in get some chipping yeah exactly yeah,
0: get some chipping in very nice well how have things been going how have you been doing?
1: doing well going well you know things are are going great just uh working with uh, students and colleagues and and others uh, in this new normal or new abnormal as i think i heard andrew cuomo call it the other day and uh Interesting time, certainly for marketers, right? I mean, I think a lot of people are really turning their attention to what is life going to look like when all of this is over, right? And, and how do we capitalize and, uh, on, uh, on what we've learned, really, um, through this new way of working? And so I heard one of our leaders the other day said, you know, you don't want to waste a good crisis. Uh, you want to you want to learn from it, and I think that's really wise. And so, really watching uh, a lot of the folks I I follow, and you're probably doing the same thing in the marketing space to sort of help us lead through. You know, what kind of what comes next?
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of transition and change, and people adapting either well or not so well to to that rate of change. And it really, I've been working with a client of mine where we have really defined this moment in time. It it is truly. The textbook definition of catalyst. What we're experiencing now, sure. and Absolutely. you've had a lot of folks adapt and and work from home and have to you know work through Zoom and digital. It's interesting. You mentioned Andrew Cuomo. It's something I wanted to ask you about specifically because I saw something that you shared on LinkedIn and your background and your teaching around crisis communication, just around what you've been sharing with the students. And I saw you've been essentially running almost the playbook of Andrew Cuomo, it looks like, on a daily basis with your students, but what's happening there?
1: Yeah, and I always hate to get caught up in one personality or the other, but I think the more, the more important point to be made is, you know, this is a time for leaders to lead with transparency, empathy, right, first, and also to make sure that information that's shared is in fact relevant, uh, because people are looking for what's, you know, the information that's relevant to, to them. And you know, cutting through the clutter becomes extremely important if you're a leader communicating in these times. And uh, and certainly, you know, no question, he's, he's doing a good uh, good job of that. But I, you know, it's been interesting just to watch all the the various leaders in the different municipalities and states and, and nationally and, and how they're choosing to uh, address the crisis. But, uh, but it, so when you work with students around the best way to lead in a crisis, this becomes just great fodder uh, for, for me to kind of record and, and, uh, and use uh, with them. So it's been, been a very interesting time.
0: Yeah, a very interesting time, certainly to spend that time with students on the topic that you spend it on. And you, you've got not only that component, I've been seeing the component and we're doing it now. What, what better time for us to, to launch a podcast, you know, it presented some barriers and some challenges for us and that you and I, we live less than a couple miles from one another and you and I are now talking over the interwebs in order to conduct this, right? So catalyst is also the mother of innovation. I've been seeing a lot of shows launched Uh Yet, at the same time, you're, you're seeing events that would typically happen live. They're not happening. They're being canceled left and right for good reason. And then folks are having to find alternative ways through digital media. And that was part of the, the motivation for the show. In the welcome episode, we talked about the rate of change. Yep. We're, we're living it, brother. It's right. It's right. It's right now.
1: Absolutely. aren't you fascinated to watch? I mean, some of the the techno some of the technology and just the software driving behind uh, some of these virtual conferences that are coming up is just amazing. I saw a demo the other day and you're going to be able to go into different presentation rooms and it's it's pertinent to me because I'm on as I think I mentioned, I'm on IABC's board and we've decided to move World conference now to be completely virtual for all two thousand plus attendees. and it's it's pretty slick uh, and it's gonna it's gonna still, I think be a very robust experience. Uh, so I'm just fascinated to your point the Kind of the, these kinds of things are often the mother of invention, and to see some of these things pulled off here in the near future will be very interesting.
0: Are you allowed to speak to the technology that they're going to be using for the IBC? I I,
1: I wish I had my notes in front of me. I, I was uh, believe me, my eyes were just they were silver dollars as I was as I was watching uh, the the demo for this thing. But uh, and there's a, there's a number of different platforms out there that are allowing organizations to to do that, which is great because, you know, you, it's all about, you know, the transfer of, of information and, and having a robust offering of, of, content. And I think they're going to be able to continue to do that, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. I was invited to, it's interesting. You brought that up with the breakout rooms and some of the prominent ones, a lot of, you know, zoom has made headlines in both in a favorable sense because it's enabled work from home. And then also they've got a bit of their own crisis problem they're going through as well, just based on some data breaches and some other things that have been happening within their environment. But when the tool's working and people aren't, you know, finding your account information and getting into it, I participated in a session where there were a lot of people that it was a culture discussion where there were people that were not used to working from home. And yet then they had kind of, I got invited almost as a coach, you know, as a small business person that has a home office, this is not too foreign to me. Although I do have an office in North Kansas city that I haven't seen in a month, I, you know, this is not too foreign for me. So I was helping provide tips to folks about what it's like in these breakout rooms and it was real, it was, and there were probably 50 people involved in the session and then there, that you had little coaches that would do these breakout sessions with folks. So yeah, on the IABC conference thing, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll mention the virtual conference because that was set to be June. It's June, July, it was
1: June, last uh, June, year. June, June in Chicago is, is what, what was, was originally scheduled. And, and now the whole thing is going virtual. It's fascinating.
0: So we'll put that in the show notes and we'll also include whatever the selection of the tool is. If folks are curious about, this emerging technology and the and the change. So, and the other thing I've been mentioning and or noticing as I've been paying attention to you know LinkedIn, even us launching the show on LinkedIn is you know depending on the day, Casey, IBC, BCS either seems just like yesterday to me, or it seems like three years ago. <laughs> right. But one, the keynote address from from our you know discussion and and from that conference was John Hall, and he wrote a book, Top of Mind. And I don't know if you've had any noticings or or what things you have noticed about people in this new, with this catalyst, you know, with this new change or dynamic, this new abnormal, as you put it, how they're working to kind of stay top of mind.
1: Yeah, it's just been fascinating. And, and bigger brands are, are obviously searching for relevance in, in this kind of time as our smaller brands, right? You know, I don't know about you, but I was fascinated, and this actually affected my household, right? Because all of a sudden we were out of hand sanitizer. And I'm, I'm seeing on the news that our friends down at Rieger have, you know, completely retrofitted their, or it's probably the wrong word, but re engineered. Their plant there to move out of the alcohol business and into the hand sanitizer business and did it basically turned it on a dime. And, and I was one of those cars in that line with the helicopter over, you know on one of the first days of the crisis uh, waiting for my hand sanitizer and, and just thinking, wow, what, a, what an example of continuing to be relevant, continuing to keep your brand, frankly, in, in front of uh, in, a, in a crowded B2C market. Uh, in, in front of your stakeholders, I just thought they did a fantastic job. And you're seeing examples of that, you know, everywhere. And certainly, uh, a lot of the big brands that have, that have, uh, that have come in to, to help uh, with, you know, produce PPE and ventilators and things like that are there as well. They're, they're getting mentioned, uh, not for their product at this time, they're getting mentioned for what they've done to re-engineer and to, to reinvent themselves to basically come in and, and assist with the crisis. I think it's just been fascinating. And, and you know, again, to your point, keeping themselves top of mind.
0: Yeah, keeping them pivoting to keep themselves top of mind and be able to provide provide a service, either intentionally or unintentionally, trying to stay top of mind. It's it's interesting. You mentioned Rieger, one of the other case studies I would pick on or look to. I wouldn't pick on them necessarily, but I'd look to. Would be it wasn't, but probably twelve weeks ago that High V had said that they were going to completely unwind their deliver home delivery business. And they were in the process of unwinding their home delivery business.
1: Not so fast.
0: Not so fast, not so fast, right? So sure. yeah, so we've been seeing businesses and brands do that. We've been seeing individuals do that too. So sure. I've been seeing a lot of the ways that I've had different clients. they they've made significant adjustments in maintaining the relevancy and a lot of that will be around and this is probably a good segue to jo, uh, to john's conversation how can we help mm-hmm. right how how can we help so any any thoughts before we kind of launch into john's conversation of of top of mind because i know that was the one of the big nuggets he asked was how can we help and this is probably that's probably a a good place for us to segue.
1: Yeah, we didn't know how timely John's keynote at, at IBC's BCS here would be, but um, uh, yeah, I'm so glad that, that John ended up being our, our our first guest, if you will, on on Cultivated Marketer because uh, and I, you know I had been aware of him. He's a great follow, by the way, for those of you who aren't familiar with John Hall. He does a lot of work in Forbes and, and is an interesting social media follow as well. I, I went back and looked through some of his Forbes archived pieces, and they're they're really relevant uh, to use that word, but. I think he's great. He's going to talk a lot about you know relevance, certainly, uh, because it's t- top of mind is is what he's well known for. But also trust, which I think is, he had some very interesting comments around trust and particularly in the keynote session. I know a lot of us were taking notes furiously, you know, how it's gotta be earned, uh, how it has to be validated every day, have to, how you have to really break down what he called the trust barriers, which is something that I know I talk with with my students a lot as we look at uh, reputation, uh, particularly with with big brands. And so I, I think he's, he's, he'll, he'll be great. And his latest venture is, is all, I wish we'd had more time to talk about that because certainly something that I'd, I need to get better at, which is time management, right? He's the co-founder of Calendar, which is a scheduling and time management app. And I think you might have been you know, a little more familiar with it than I was. But you know, I'm finding, particularly in this time, you know, I thought, well, gee, it'll be so much easier to manage my time in this, in this new abnormal working from home, et cetera. I'm finding not so much. So uh, I need to explore that part of his venture as well, because I could probably use it.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if he's seen an uptick in business for Calendar.com.
1: Yeah, very possibly, very possibly. I
0: I imagine it's probably had a similar trajectory as to what we've been seeing with Zoom and some of these other services. So yeah, no, great, great points about trust too, because I think a lot of that, and you were speaking about that earlier with Andrew uh, Andrew Cuomo, just the notion of authenticity. And he spoke a lot about establishing that trust through authenticity too. So with that, Matt, again, great to see you. We'll see be, you. Yeah. Uh, so awesome to see you. Not just to hear your voice, but to see you and to see <laughs> your smiling face. So, with that, folks, thanks for joining us. We will return here in two weeks to chat with Catherine Lawrenson from the KC IABC BCS conference as well. She we talk about networking and the importance of networking in that conversation. But stick around. And we hope you enjoy our conversation with the keynote speaker from the BCS conference, John Hall. Our guest is the co-founder and president of Calendar, a leading scheduling app that he's convinced will change how we manage and invest our time. He writes weekly columns for Forbes and Inc. and has contributed to more than 50 online publications, including the aforementioned as well as Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, and Mashable, some of my favorite reads, right, Matt? Absolutely. So, so, very nice. As the author of the best-selling book, Top of Mind, he is a sought-after keynote speaker, where we're catching up with him today at the Kansas City IABC Business Communicator Summit. John Hall, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Really All appreciate it. it. Well, awesome. So, we... During the course, you were talking about establishing trust and relationships and really enjoyed the, the, the presentation today. And the whole concept was around top of mind and staying top of mind. So tell us a little bit more about what you shared with the, the audience today, kind of the vitamin version of what you brought to the, to the group today.
2: Yeah. Well, it's funny that how top of mind came up. I'll come up with the kind of origination of the term for me was I always would say top of mind when I was talking about engaging people. This was years ago. And my examples, as I would always end with, you want to be top of mind because that's what I truly feel is that if you're top of people's mind, it will bring opportunity to you. This could be as, as a personal example where uh, friends are going on a trip to uh, Vegas and you want to be top of mind to the, oh, we should invite Hall, or, you know, like there's all these things that being top of people's mind affect not just in business. And so, I was giving a speech uh, a while ago and I kept saying top of mind and I, and I was in the process of writing this book. I didn't have a title yet. And a speaker uh, kept hearing it and goes, you know what, you should actually like, I'm listening to this and I truly feel that being top of mind is one of the most valuable, not just marketing or com- comms, a uh, uh, professional term, but it's in. it should be on everybody's mind. And so, it started with that and then what I've done since then is identified all the things that are what I call like trust touch points that you can engage people a certain way so that you impact their life or engage with them so that you move from their short-term to long-term memory because that's what gets you top of mind. And so there's all all these different trust factors that you can turn into habits on everyday life that will make people connect with you, make people think about you so that at the right times, the right moment, it's your name, your company that comes to mind. And that's what will naturally uh, bring a lot more opportunity to you.
0: And you did that with the group. You said that you used the, the what you told the group short term, long term memory. And you know what I recalled immediately? What was the Cabbage Patch Kids? <laughs> <laughs> so that is like permanently imbued into
2: my memory at this
0: point. So, yeah, very effective and, and today. Great display of courage,
1: by the way, at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the talk on the Cabbage well, Patch. Song.
2: Yeah, for the listeners, I, I sing. I embarrass myself quite a bit in this in this speech, and I've been doing it for a while now. Actually, it's uh, if I don't sing at the end, and somebody's seen me speak, they get mad. They're actually like, why don't you do that? And I think that for me, it, one, it's good to show vulnerability, you know, anytime you speak in front of a group and because you do connect, then also it's just a way to, I mean, it's something that actually proves the point that uh, there's a very powerful uh, force with long-term memory that, you know, catch Kids in that example with my sister where she made me sing that song growing up. It's like, I'm never, I, I feel like I can be 60 years old. I'll still remember it, 70 years old, 80 years old. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good example of how powerful uh, when you engage people consistently, how much that can stay in your long term memory and ultimately you can recall it quickly.
1: Yeah, that's great. Hey, John, as you think about the top of mind kind of formula or, or orientation that you talk about, this show in large part is about helping marketing professionals grow and learn, right? So develop themselves. Are, are there a couple of key tips or maybe some actionable things in, in that formula that, would, that would, would speak to that kind of a, or, orientation?
2: yeah so the first thing is like and these aren't like i don't preach about rocket science like it's the things that i've realized are the 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 ways you can make things simple there's a better chance people are going to actually turn them into habits so the first thing is you always try when you can to ask people what's valuable to them so what i say is be a value scientist or journalist. uh you know actually do research um in a way in a conversation where um, when you're asking them, be interested in what they do. Uh, I was just in a conversation where I was asking someone, like, it was like, Hey, where are you from? But then it was like, cool. Um, so what's your position? But instead of stopping at the general, you know, formula of, Oh, what's your position there? It was, Okay, what can I do? And like, what's, what's your goal in the position? What's the thing that you try to do? And a lot of times people think it's like, Oh, wait, are you trying to sell me something? I'm like, No, I'm like, honestly, how can I look out for you? And then people let down their guard a little bit and they're like, Hey, if you ever run into somebody, uh, or, you know, you speak to somebody that fits this background and the spectrum, one of the sponsors just said, hey, um, if you run in anybody that, you know, is looking for TV ads and things like that, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll keep an eye out. She seemed really nice that she they they sponsored this speech. And so, it, it made me know what's valuable to them. So, uh, so, I will, I'm sure, run into somebody that needs that in the future. And uh, she engaged me in a way that there's a chance. Now, it was a short meeting. There's a chance I would think of her. Now, if I saw her several times, then I would know what's valuable to her and help her out. So, first thing is... Always try and be a value scientist or journalist um, with people. Another thing is uh, a term called content triggering, which, if you read the book Top of Mind, I talk about content triggering a lot. And it's a part of being that journalist um, is that you are um, identifying things that are engaging in a conversation. So, for example, Matt, if you are, um, a, you know, if you're a potential lead or somebody who I'm like, wow, it's, this could be a great uh, person, for example, to hire me for speaking. Um, I'm going to ask you what you found engaging in this speech. I'm going to say like, what really like, what drew you to be like, hey, you, you, know, you came up and said, nice speech, I enjoyed it. So, what about it? And I would ask those things and I would learn and then I would create content that is around those things. So, a lot of times we're very biased in how we create content and how we communicate. It's what we think is cool. It's what we think is interesting. It's funny, like everybody has a friend that tells you the story every damn time you see him and it's the same story and it's not funny. <laughs> uh, there's always one friend that does that. And I would just wanna like tell them is that you have to listen and do content triggering because you're not engaging at all. Like you're telling a story that nobody finds as interesting. And so I think that, um, you know, train yourself in the process that I do is that as soon as I, like after this, I've already done some content triggering. I have it in my mind. As soon as I get in the car, I'm going to write down those things. These are what people found most engaging. This is what drew people. This is what I connect with people the most. And I'm going to create content um, around that. And that's where I feel a lot of times people ask me, like, where do you create the best content from? Uh, how do you know if articles is going to do well? And I'm telling you, when I nail content triggering, that's when my content does the best.
1: That's great. I, I'm so glad you went to Value Scientists because as you were talking, you know, I tried to tweet out pearls, and that was the number one, right? Because I know in our master's degree program, when we're talking with young marketers, so many times it's about come with a perspective, bring something to the table, right? That that the client or the, the company or whoever you with is going to find valuable that's uniquely yours, and really that's about bringing the value.
2: Yeah, yeah, and a lot of times, like you can, I mean, in business, anybody can do hacks to make quick money, but. If you truly focus on value and you evolve in a way where you're always, that's where people will say like in business, like what, like why did you uh, invest in calendar after selling the last company? And I was like, honestly, for me, there was a huge value in how I spent my time. Like I realized that I was having some uh, life-life balances and I needed to focus on spending a little more time with family. And uh, at the same time, I was a little disorganized a lot actually lots of disorgani- disorganization and so i wanted to invest in something that could truly be valuable and to me it, it, like that was to me now you can look at other people and what's valuable to them but um as an entrepreneur specifically a lot of passion comes from starting a company that like when you look into shark tank or some of those companies that start you're like wow they saw the problem they identified the value and it was truly valuable to them so they wanted to share that with others I think it's the same thing as an entrepreneur, as with if you're a salesperson or a marketer or anybody, when you're talking to people, identify what's valuable to, to them. Because if you truly find and connect the dots with value, passion emerges from that.
0: That's great. No, it's great. I don't know if you read David Sedaris, but your, your thoughts around content triggering and even your habit of stepping into the car and content. If you've ever seen him present live, uh, the humorist David Sedaris, he'll, he loves live reads. Mm -hmm. And he'll actually stop in the middle of a live read and he'll say, hold on a second, when they laugh. And he said, there's more there, but I'm going to, I'm going to delete it. I don't need it. You've already gotten the punchline. Yeah. So he's doing a form of content triggering. I'm just drawing that parallel. So it's interesting. You're sharing these habits that you shared through the talk, which we thought were fabulous. So the notion of value scientists, the content triggering, but one of the others that, um, was so apropos for me, because in the world of best practices, you were talking about thinking differently. What, through your journey in creating Top of Mind, was maybe the one the one habit that you shared with the group that just really surprised you through, you know, through your journey to kind of creating the book? And now that you're sharing your experience and what I loved about your opening was helping others, what was probably that one habit you picked up that just really surprised you? And maybe surprises you in the way people react to
2: it. Well, so surprising, like... Uh, this doesn't necessarily surprise me, but it's interesting that one of the biggest challenges with this, um, like, and almost like a contradiction of this speech here, is I talk about help, helping people, but I also talk about focusing and not being distracted. A lot of times when you offer help, you legitimately become distracted because you're always helping on others, and there's a lot of people that become extremely ineffective because they're just focused on others. And so I think that for me, the surprise is uh, it's a little easier to balance than I thought. Like I thought that if I came at you know like I uh, want to you know when I talk there, it's like it doesn't hurt to ask people. You don't have to do it. Like you, you, it's just good to know, and that's what, what I try to focus on. Is like what there's a lot of easy. Like the example that I gave uh, today was the the woman who I spoke to at Content Marketing World, who was in Boise, Idaho, and uh, the my friend who was in Boise, Idaho, and I, and I basically it was moving there, and he had a job opening up. Uh, or he was uh, basically open up a new office where there'd be job openings. Well, then uh, my next conversation after my speech was with a lady who was in Boise, Idaho, wasn't happy with her job and wanted to, you know, work. And so, I connected, and she seemed pretty awesome. I connected the dots. Like, that was easy. It's not like that was ineffective. Like, it was in my conversation that I just brought up, oh, you need to meet my friend over here. It's a great company. You seem cool. And so, like, what I tell people is, like, w- when I say be, you know, focus and be effective with your time but then at the same time, like help others, you know, you, you got to find that balance. So the surprise has been is that balance has been easier than I thought. But it is a surprise because you would think those are contradictory statements in a way. But if you find that balance, that's where you find this really, really core productivity in yourself. So
0: that's great. Yeah, being able to and I think that's a common, potentially misconception or contradiction is the notion of of offering help has to be then difficult. And depending on if you have the right network, it, it could be somebody else is offering help. You're just brokering the introduction.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's also a, it's, yeah. it's it's once again value scientists like you're gathering data to understand what re- real value is. So it's like um, I think that the more you understand what real value is, the more you can actually be successful. So it, it's very giving. And you're going to be able to help people on the way. But in reality, it's very self benefit. It benefits yourself because then you have all this information to apply in ways. For me, I've done it through entrepreneurship, and others, it can be for a company that generates more revenue from providing different values. And at the same time, you can help others. And so, you know, some are going to be just, you know, you meet a nice person at a conference, you help them out, you don't expect anything in return. That's another thing is that a book I didn't recommend in the speech that I would uh, highly recommend is uh, Selfless Service by uh, a friend of Jonathan Kaiser and um he's been great a great influence on me because a lot of times when i give i like it's almost like oh i gave them they owe me something and that's natural is that we feel almost it's not like mobster like oh i I give this to you and you you owe me your it's not like the godfather going on here but in reality i would give a lot and expect something in return he's like no no that's not that's that's not self-service selfless service is that you give and you you know, you you have that feeling of, you know, I'm just going to look out for people and that's that's you don't need anything in return. And sometimes you are going to get something in return that's huge. Other times you're not. But, but once again, with the value and studying it and like understanding it, there's going to be some benefit to you because you're going to be in a lot better position to offer you know people value that at some point can be monetized.
0: And that's great. That's two things and concepts of why we're doing the show is continual learning and giving back as part of that continual learning, so appreciate the sentiments and thoughts there, that's
1: awesome. Chat for a second about a T word and, and you used a couple of them in your presentation. <laughs> I would go with trust, because but if we had an hour long uh, because yeah. believe me, a while today's <laughs> day and age trust for marketers is huge. But the T word I want to talk about is time, right? I don't know of a marketer today that doesn't feel stressed, time pressed, multiple clients, multiple home life situations that they're trying to juggle at one time. And so, uh, first of all, would love to hear about the calendar app and and kind of what maybe how that can can help that situation um, and just that whole aspect of we're so time pressed, right? It's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's funny that you bring it. So my my twenty twenty new keynote is uh, it's do more with less, and uh, the reason why I did that is because you are pretty much expected. Like, there's no option because and there's a couple things that are influences. Technology is um, oh, hey, you have this technology, you should be able to do more also just uh, the companies cutting fat and different things being trying to be more effective and so you're just expected to do more with less and so you know in that speech i talk and i use actually uh, the data that i get is from calendar.com and it's from the, the company i invest in And from that standpoint like i'll, g- I'll give you an example like One of the tools that it does is there's an analytics part of it where it actually will show you how you spend your time with who, like it's just very simple. When you're scheduling things, it will, like I can show you on my app, um, it will show here the email addresses you're scheduling the most with. And it's hilarious. Like I, well, one the first time I did it was sad, is because I I did it and my wife was legitimately not remotely in, like she was like the last email address. Like if I went in the back end, she was like the last person I scheduled someone.
0: Is it just email or does it include text? I'm uh, having we're a working v- on we're working, working on, on that text.
2: and so that's what, yeah, like because I would imagine your we're, wife we're, could fall in the yeah, text camp right? That's <laughs> like we're in the early <laughs> stage. That's what I tell people is like we're capable of really great things with that company because like the more we gain trust, the more we can do things like that. But we don't want to seem too crazy stalkerish at first. We want to ease into that. Um, not being a stalker, but in reality, understanding someone's time. And so, uh, with the mobile app, we'll be able to collect more data. And th- the purpose is not to sell data and, to do, and that it's to help people understand is that just that simple tool of saying, here's who you're scheduling things with and your wife was not in the ballpark. So, it means like maybe I'm hanging out with my wife. That's fine. But I'm not being deliberate about it. The idea that I'm not actually scheduling something with her on my calendar is pathetic. Like I should, I, and now we schedule. Like if you look at my calendar, I can show you. It's date night is scheduled. It's not something that I do just because oh I'm free this week. You know you're my last resort for like I, I don't have anything else to do, so I'm gonna I'm kick bored. it with my my number one. Now uh, in reality, like that's where like that was like I looked. At, like, I, I was actually having dinner with a guy. Uh, his name's uh, Shane Snow. He started a company called Contently, and he wrote a, a great book called Dream Teams, and. I, I was telling him this story and I was like, yeah, man, like and this, like, look up here, here plug in your phone and and he did it, he downloaded it and he goes, looks and he turns around. His wife was number one on it and I'm like, well, damn, you, I was, like, I was like, you're a lot better than I am and it was cool to see that because I think that like I wanted to use the excuse, well, like I'm an entrepreneur, I've got a lot of things but in reality, that's a, a BS excuse. When I have Shane who is a guy I respect and he's an amazing entrepreneur, has built some successful companies you know, I look at him and he spent time scheduling with his wife. And so I think that like those are sparks that really get me excited. Like right now, calendar is more just scheduling, makes it easy to, uh, you know, make your time available. But the the next thing we're doing is like, for example, uh, we have a find a time feature, which this will be, um, let's say we all three of us, if we're going to schedule time, you can use like a tool, like a manual entry tool, like a doodle where you're like, okay, here are my times and you're still typing in manual entry. When in reality, like you should be able to do that, like that. Like if I want to get together my team, my sales person, my PR person, my this, because a lot of time, and this is this is how important this is, is because you have to be able to schedule pretty frequently with other departments because we're in this trend where we have to break down silos. we we've never had it, we've never had a, a situation like we're in now where PR plays a huge benefit in sales, sales has a huge benefit in marketing, marketing with recruiting, they all play Invergence. together. So, there's a lot more across meetings and so, uh, the find a time feature will, that releases I think May 1st will basically you say, hey, um, I basically want to schedule with this person, this person, this person, this person and it will shoot out here are the t- top two times, you know, and here and it, it actually tells you rather than you having to be like because once again, everybody manually like it doesn't save you much time. Everybody's manually having to go in and look at their calendar anyway So, I think that those are the things that I'm really excited about because when there's more efficiencies there, when there's more effective at work, like I'd I'd love for employees to work less because then there's more time on, you know, doing family time, doing those things. So, the more you get, like that's just one kind of uh, feature, but that's how we look at things is what are things in everyday professional lives that take a crap load of time? And how can we build in features a central place because in reality I was using 14 calendar apps before we started using this and it was just killing me like I was logging out of this using this then I was logging on this so that's what kind of got uh my business partner and like the vision of it there's just it was just as simple as it's once again uh, value scientists where is the value in here I'm sick of having to look at 10 different calendars and try and work it out so we're going to create this feature true value when you try and put it as a sales pitch, and you just try and sell on something that can be sold, that doesn't last. The like most companies like that go under, and so that's why um, you know when you focus on that that data scientist part of it, you're going to create a, a app service company that it lasts. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, and I, I under, appreciate. I'm a Doodle user, and you appreciate the organizing principles of it. Yeah. But to automate that, and, and you know, if you're in a corporate environment, a lot of that exists. If you're a large enterprise player, some of the features. But if you're not, and you're working with other entrepreneurs or other companies, there's no organizing automated process to do that, really. Yep. That I know of in that way, and that that would be a valuable service to to the business world and
2: everybody, family life, wh- whoever you're working with, right? Yeah. Community. Yeah. And, and exact and I and I don't like I think that this industry is so big and I have actually I've spoke to their CEO before and uh, he's a nice person and and there's a lot of like uses for the tools that are out there right now. So it's like we're not trying in there like somebody was like what are you trying to go after like Google? Con-? No, like in reality we're once again studying value and we're saying hey, we've got a great domain that can be focused around time. And so we're not focused, like I'm not even focused on what other people are doing right now. I'm just focusing on following the value with what we're doing. And there's going to be room for everyone. We'll probably make some acquisitions down the road that are those tools because we respect them. We have great relationships with the people in the industry. They're good tools and we, we still advocate for them. And so we're just in a really good place right now. And yeah, l- like look forward, to especially this next kind of version in May. So it should be pretty fun. That's awesome. Well, anything else you'd like to mention that we may have
0: missed? Where where are you spending your time? So you talked about your keynote. You talked about some other things where what what haven't we captured in our 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 chat today? I know I know Matt and I'd love to bring you back just probably to spend a whole time, (laughs) all of our time on trust. Uh, But what what's new for you and what what may have we have missed in our in our quick chat today?
2: Um, I mean, like in reality, I think that it's hard to sum up what you might be missing because people have different needs and so, what I tell people is I say, it, like I'm very del- deliberate on how I say here are what you here's what you should know because it changes a person and also the way you communicate like in the speech you saw every person communicates differently and so um, I would say just like look like I have a LinkedIn series that LinkedIn has a new uh, product called series and newsletter where you can follow me on there I write about different things there um, how I talk about things is different there than I do on my Forbes co- or on my Forbes column sometimes or on Twitter or like I try and um, not communicate in different styles so that people can resonate on you know different platforms and so I mean my key takeaway is that you know even if I didn't make any interesting statements here it's like don't give up on me Uh, you know go look at some of those places and I try to listen to others I try to do that content triggering and you're going to find some some part of my content that you personally can connect with and you're going to be engaged with. So I wish I had a better straightforward answer that's universal. But in reality, look at my content, LinkedIn, Forbes Inc. uh, Magazine, Lifehack. uh, Those are the places I contribute pretty consistently. And then I occasionally do HBR, Fast Company and Places like that.
1: And can I tell you how refreshing it is to just look somebody up on Twitter and it's
2: John Hall, right? Yes. <laughs> and
1: it, common name, but you you got the market Yeah, Got the handle, yeah. People are like,
2: wait a minute. Like, how you, And like in reality, like we, I mean, I I told you guys in there, it's like I'm very focused on industry ownership. Like one, if I do consulting, it is about industry ownership. And that's where it's like if you're going to own an industry, own it legitimately don't say I'm going to, you know, go halfway there. I'm going to like, no, we, if you look, we own the handle on a lot of those things. If you look at Facebook, YouTube channel, we own calendar. Like, so when we, when I go into something, one of my things is like, to people is like, commit to owning an industry. And like, when I'm doing a strategy, I map out that blueprint and say, here's what we need to do. Now, it might take us two, three years, five years to get there. But at least we're going to commit to truly owning and leading this industry and that's what a lot of times people are in corporate red, like red tape where they can't truly do what they need to be done but nowadays you're not going to survive you're going to be disrupted by the next startup and so you've got to get that blueprint down you got to make sure it's super clear and you got to start executing against that
0: yeah that blueprint the talk and the blueprint itself was extremely refreshing as somebody that does marketing strategy and prides himself on integrated marketing strategies because any one of those platforms could shift over time. And even the intersection you talked about of PR and SEO. I was in front of a group of uh, students here at the uh, at the master's program last week talking about, I'm having a hard time deciphering what is SEO backlink acquisition and PR. I'm an old school yeah. a PR practitioner. They about look the same these days. So yeah, that, that blueprint uh, example you provided at the onset was, I, I welcomed it. Thank you. Because so many folks are in They're areas silos. of specialization in silos. So that w- that was a uh, great contribution, I thought, to the group.
2: Well, how that was sparked was I think the guy asked a question about, you know, with marketing strategies, like, how do you know, like, what blogs to do or what? Like, and I get asked this all the time. What do I start or what do I do? Should I start doing this? I'm like, I don't I can't answer that question until you actually we have a blueprint down because we might map out everything social, PR, SEO uh, blog content guide. You know, YouTube. We we we're gonna map this stuff out and unless we have unlimited money now if we have unlimited money i'm like yep let's do it all but most people don't and you say okay let's map this out then let's prioritize with some people it's going to be different some people it's going to be like focus on this at the time other like uh it might be you know internal resources another person they might have no press about them so no credibility at all and i'm going to be like no you got to hit that first legitimately if i look at you you don't look like a legitimate company or you look at the competitor and it's like look at they're consistently being talked about Look at the comparison, and I don't want to be worried about them. I just want to identify you're not doing anything. Let's focus on you. And so that's where I think that, uh, like, I just did a blueprint um, for someone um, that it, it, they were like, well, how do we do this across? How do we do this across? Like, uh, How do we know what the SEO person is? How do we know what the agency does? How do we know this? And I'm like, and they act like there's not a solution there. And I'm like, as funny as it is, did you go to business class? Uh, yeah. Okay. Did you ever do a matrix, a racy matrix or some similar matrix? it's very simple but it takes somebody and that's what like I, I did a racy matrix for a, a firm this year or actually a couple months ago where I was I just mapped things out for them and they thought it was like magic and I was like, guys, this is all I did was listen to you. I got a matrix. I said this is what this person does this is my suggestion on what this person should do. this is what you should outsource this is what you should do it and we just put that in a matrix and now you have now that's a part of the blueprint but now you at least you know who the hell's doing what. <laughs>
0: and tying it back to your business what you're trying to accomplish yep. we're all back to trust and credibility john it's been awesome speaking with you and having you at the ibc business communicator summit uh thanks for joining us today
1: it was my pleasure thanks a lot john. Thanks, appreciate it
0: take care everybody if you found value in today's episode check us out on our website cultivatedmarketer.com you'll also be able to subscribe to us rate us and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Remember, a garden of opportunity grows with Cultivated Marketer.